welcome to Coco's latest bite. I'm Chef Arlene Coco, a chef, entrepreneur, and culinary instructor. Every week, I'll share my latest bite inspired by nature's seasonal bounty. So pull up a chair at my table and let's talk cooking. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coco's latest bite. I'm Chef Coco, and welcome to my kitchen. And come on in and take a seat at the table. Today, we're going to talk about Mardi Gras. Oh, my goodness, Mardi Gras. I have had so many Mardi Gras under my belt. I love going to Mardi Gras. I haven't been in years, but I went every year as a kid. And I have some great stories that I'll tell and also talk about the food for Mardi Gras. So it's been said that Mardi Gras is the greatest free show on earth. Well, I can attest that this is actually a fact. I remember as a kid waiting on the streets for what seemed like forever to see the endless parade of masked kings and queens and yelling, throw me something, mister, throw me something, mister, until one of the majestic surreal nights on the float would just take pity on me and just bean me with a big wad of beads that would almost knock me down if I wasn't really paying attention, right? So at the end of the day, I'd have about 50 strands of beads around my neck, and I had to take them off one by one. Now, as I got older, this became a little more difficult after a hard day of partying. So Mardi Gras Day always started early in my family. To get a good spot, we parked and set up for that first parade, which is usually about 8 a.m., we always pack food for the whole day and set up in a spot oh, about 50 feet or so from away from the parade route. Because you don't want to be too close because there's so many people, but you don't want to be too far away so you could run up um, when the parade started. So urban picnicking is what we did there. And I tell you, with Mardi Gras, urban picnicking is a refined art. It's typically warm that time of the year. Um, and you start off in the morning with beignets, of course, the French donut that's with, fried with powdered sugar, and cafe au lait, or other donuts that can be eaten with your hands, because it's all about, you know, eating and going and pacing yourself, right? Um, we always packed food for the whole day and set up in a spot, and... After a few parades, if you're old enough to imbibe, screwdrivers, hurricanes, beer, are the order of the day. So as I got older, though, I learned that it's paramount to pace yourself on the food and the drinks. Because if you don't, you'll be like that Yankee tourist next to you who's sleeping by 2 p.m. right on the boulevard. Now, the police like to ride by on horseback and give you a jab with their stick if you're not moving. So you had to avoid that, right? So lunch, there's only one choice, Popeye's fried chicken. Now it can be eaten cold with your hands and in between parades. Uh, my Aunt Mary, a New Orleans native, speculates that Popeye's probably makes enough profit for Mardi Gras to carry them throughout the year. Back in the day, my aunt used to fry her own chicken the night before carnival. She fondly remembers Mardi Gras some of the best times in our life because Mardi Gras is all about family. It's a family tradition that cross generations. 
all the relatives would get together and have a party and it was time of just renewal and seeing each other because if you didn't go to carnival celebrations there wasn't much else to do and even in other parts of southern Louisiana Mardi Gras was always a holiday and there were always parades and things to do so I did a little research on how Mardi Gras really got started the French explorer Iberville discovered land that's now what New Orleans sits on and back in March in 1699. And he christened the site Pont du Mardiga, Carnival as the locals call it, was created as a period of merriment that would serve as a prelude to the season of Lent, which starts on Ash Wednesday. Now Mardi Gras Day, Fat Tuesday, is the last day of the Mardi Gras Carnival season, which by the way starts on Epiphany, which is January 6th. So lots of people have their Christmas tree up and then they just leave it up and turn it into a Mardi Gras tree. And it's really, really neat. It's beautiful. You'll see that quite a bit. So Mardi Gras, it can occur on any Tuesday from February 3rd through March 9th. The fluctuating date was established by, of course, the Roman Catholic Church. And it's always scheduled 46 days before Easter. 40 days of Lent plus six Sundays. Now the official start of Mardi Gras is 12th night, like I said before. And this year, Mardi Gras is going to be on March 1st. It's always on a Tuesday. So Mardi Gras is much like Christmas now. There has to be a season to accommodate all the parties. The New Orleans Mardi Gras season starts two weeks before with the city's first parade to be followed by more than 50 parades leading up to Fat Tuesday. Now this is the time to break out the king cake and have a few people over to celebrate carnival. I'll say a note about king cakes. Now king cakes, when I was a kid growing up, king cakes were just your standard kind of brioche dough kind of cake with a filling, maybe not with a filling. It had the baby, little plastic baby inside, and it was decorated with purple, green, and gold sugar, and it had icing, and that was pretty much the king cake. Now, they have 10 different fillings from raspberry to praline, and now they've even gone savory. I saw a recipe for crawfish king cake and the topping, the different color toppings, still use the food coloring, but it used Parmesan cheese in place of the sugar crystals. So the king cake has really gone through an evolution over the past few years. So the official colors of Mardi Gras are purple, green, and gold, as proclaimed by Rex, the first king of Carnival back in 1872. Purple represents justice, green stands for faith, and gold stands for power or money. So there's no overall theme for Mardi Gras, but each parade must focus on a specific subject. The floats, the costumes, the throws all revolve around that theme. Now, almost all the Mardi Gras parades begin with the king and queen leading the parade. They're followed by many floats which carry the members of the crew, and that's spelled K-R-E-W-E. -E. Now, the biggest rule about riding on a float on a parade that will get you thrown off very quickly 
is if you take your mask off. That's been an age-old tradition, and you cannot take your mask off. I've been told by my friends who've ride in parades, when they start on the parade, they have to buy all their own throws, and they're knee-deep in beads when they start the parade, and their, their goal is to get rid of all of their throws by the time they're done. It's an honor to be on the float today, but it's pretty expensive. Being a crew member can cost thousands because you must not only buy all your own trinkets and throws, but you need to put in time into the club to build a float, organize the parties, and be actively involved in the crew's charitable work. So it's an all-year process, and people love it. And they bring family members in, and it's just a great time to do service work and also get together and be creative. So now maybe it's a stretch to think about parading around the outside, especially today when I'm recording this. It's below zero, and climates, colder climates this time of the year, but you can still have a great Mardi Gras experience without the mob scene. The internet offers all the supplies that you would need, even down to the king cake. Now, one site I always recommend is MardiGrasDay.com. has everything you need to know to throw a great Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras bash yourself, plus all the latest happenings in New Orleans. You just want to follow the cardinal rules of Mardi Gras revelers. Decorate in green, purple, and gold. Look up the traditional recipes. Put some Cajun music on and laissez-le bon temps rouler. Let the good times roll. So my favorite foods that I like to serve at Mardi Gras, because I do, most of the time I'm doing cooking classes at Mardi Gras. But gumbo, of course, because it's cold outside usually, is a great recipe and a great thing to cook on Mardi Gras day. Red beans and rice, of course, are one of the standards. And muffalettas, you're going to kind of eat things that are picnic-y kind of food. So, but you could eat, you know, hot food if you went into a restaurant or you cooked it yourself. But um, if you're going to go to a parade, you would want like picnic-y stuff. But if you're not and you're somewhere else and you're just celebrating, all of those dishes would be great. I also um, like the crawfish etouffee and you can get crawfish now locally at even Walmart has it across the United States and if you're have access to a special specialty seafood store they usually have crawfish tail meat too. Crawfish usually don't come into season until Easter around Easter but you can find it frozen. A couple of other dishes are worth mentioning or po'boys and po'boys are really fun, um, hot roast beef po'boys. They're kind of like an Italian beef, um, fried shrimp with mayonnaise. And um, there's all sorts of dishes that would be great for a Mardi Gras. So if you want to check my website, I have a recipe for gumbo and jambalaya and a few other Cajun dishes there because I love making Cajun food and I've been cooking it all my life. And don't forget bread pudding as well. There's a recipe for a great bread pudding on my website at arlenecoco.com. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of this little reminiscent of uh, my childhoods in 
Louisiana with Mardi Gras. And I hope you celebrate Mardi Gras this year because it's March 1st. And make a great Cajun dish. Play some Cajun music or some Dixieland jazz. Um, and have a great time. Thanks a lot and I'll see you later. You're listening to Coco's Latest Bite with Chef Arlene Coco, a show for cooks who were inspired by nature's bounty. So now, as promised, I'm going to give you my blueberry bread and butter pudding recipe, otherwise known as blueberry bread pudding. This classic dessert never misses. It was one of the first desserts I learned how to make as a kid when I would come home from school and be wanting a snack, right? Wanting something sweet. So we learned how to make it early on and it worked out great as an afternoon snack when we came home. So you can make this a lot of different ways. You can substitute egg whites for the whole eggs or egg beaners equivalent. And you can also use whole wheat bread, which can be substituted for white bread with great results. Now, the ingredients that you're going to need for your bread and butter pudding are two tablespoons of unsalted butter, soften, and you could also use plant butter as well. Six to eight cups of bread cubes. Now, you could use the French bread that you buy in the store, or you can use sliced bread, Texas toast, biscuits, scones, Danish. In New Orleans, we used to have a version of bread pudding when I worked there back when I was a kid and um, we called it diplomat pudding and it just meant bread pudding with fruit cocktail in it. You want four large eggs, a half a cup of granulated sugar, two teaspoons of almond extract, a half teaspoon of grated nutmeg, a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, and you want a quart of milk or cream or fat-free half and half whatever you prefer. You could also use plant milk with great results as well. And then you want one and a half cups of blueberries, either thawed or fresh. That would be about a pint fresh. And then you'll have your salted caramel butterscotch sauce, which I'll give you the recipe after. So it's a really simple recipe and a casserole dish, like a nine by 13 oven proof glass dish or a pan or even a bunt pan. I've made bread pudding in bunt pans, also in muffin tins and other types of pans. So whatever pan that you can really get some butter into and make it nonstick is what you want. You want to, next thing you want to do is tear cube your bread into one inch pieces and place it in the dish. And then you want to get a medium bowl, put your eggs, your sugar, extract, all your spices and your milk or cream in it. And you want to beat it pretty well to make sure that it's well mixed. Pour the egg mixture over the bread cubes and then add your blueberries. Now I like to tuck some of them in and I like to leave some on top. You can mix them all then if you like as well. 
You want to bake it for about an hour, 350 degrees, until it rises and it's puffy brown. When it comes out of the oven, it'll be rising and then it will fall much like a souffle. But don't worry, it will be delicious. Now, while your bread pudding is baking, you can make the salted caramel butterscotch sauce. This sauce, oh, I'm telling you, this is my go-to sauce for all desserts that need just a little extra flavor. You'll want to suck it up with a straw, as my friends used to tell me. Trust me, it's amazing and oh so easy. So the ingredients for your salted butterscotch sauce is three quarters of a cup of firmly packed brown sugar, and you can use light brown or dark brown, five tablespoons of butter. You can also use plant butter for it. A teaspoon of flake salt, and I always tell folks, start with half of your salt and add it and taste it and then add more if you need it. And then you want a cup of heavy cream. Now you could use the coconut cream or the solid part of the coconut and the unsweetened coconut milk, and you just want the top part where it's solid, right? And if you chill it and you you can whip it and it'll be almost like whipped cream, but it can be used in this dish as well. Give it a nice nutty flavor. And the, the instructions are really easy for the salted caramel butterscotch sauce. You just want to combine all the ingredients in a medium saucepan and stir over a low heat till the sauce is smooth and slightly thickened. It's not a really thick sauce. It's more like a thin, thinner sauce but wow, is it delicious and does it do the trick. Freeze is great. You can thaw it and just kind of whisk it back together. It might separate, but that's not a problem. So when you go to surf your bread pudding, I like to do the classic, uh, cut it in squares. You could cut it, get the square and cut it again diagonally. And you have two sort of triangles, placing one on top of each other and drizzling the the sauce on it and garnishing with some blueberries it would just be really beautiful or you could just you know um, scoop it out of the pan with a spoon splash a little sauce on top and away you go so i hope you make this blueberry bread and butter pudding it's a great recipe very easy to do and share it with your friends and have a great day Thanks for listening to this episode of Coco's Latest Bite. Want to reach me? It's easy to connect with me on my website, arlenecoco.com, A-R-L-E-N-E-C-O-C-O.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook, so please comment, like, and share with your friends. Now you'll find more information about each episode in the show notes, which will link back to the website and the blog. So don't miss it and have a great day.